1: Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. One game behind the Seahawks, who are coming back to the United States from Germany, just like we are, stateside. Good morning football presented by Old Trapper Beef Jerky. We are here. We are live in New York City. It's Kyle Brandt. Mm-hmm. You just heard Jason. This is Peter Garofolo, mode engaged. Welcome, everybody. Mikey G. Let's
3: go. Woo. We're back. Uh, Seahawks on a bye week. You guys plowing right
4: through. Very impressive. No days that's off, Mike. How's no, the
3: old no. body clock right now, Peter. The body
4: clock is hanging in there. No days
2: off. That's what Belichick <laughs> used to say, No right? rest for the wicked, man. Let's go. For the second straight year. Year, the bills in the game of the year let's find out how it went guys it is time for the Lead block. let's do it. vikings bills because the vikings cannot lose 33 to 30 in overtime a rembrandt in western new york let's hear from both quarterbacks josh allen
1: how you feeling losing sucks sucks this way even worse um horrendous second half i gotta be better You've got to be better. It was a wild game. I think the Bills are a really good football team. They'll be playing, a,
4: you know, meaningful football in January. Uh, it's a great atmosphere here. Um, you know, certainly, when it's a game that close, you can point to any number of plays where the game could have gone either direction. And we're, we're, you know, thrilled to come out of here with a win.
2: All right. So let's unpack it. The Bills are up 17 in this game. The last time the Bills lost a home game with a halftime lead of 14 or more, 14 or more was 1968 at War Memorial Stadium. That is just a fact. Uh, Peter, we're already saying game of the year. Vikings, Bills, get after it.
4: It's the game of the year, and uh, for Vikings fans, how's it feel to be on the other end of one of these, right? I I feel like time and time again, the Vikings have been losing these games. They were down 17 to everybody's Super Bowl favorite, the Buffalo Bills, in the Bills building. Uh, It was less than a month ago that I came on the show and was like, hey, look, The Bills aren't losing at home this season. Mm -hmm. Understand that. They're not going to lose at home. So when they win games in Arrowhead, it's huge for the home field advantage in the AFC. The Vikings, though? we are talking about War Memorial Stadium. How about Kirk Cousins looking like an entirely different player from a bygone era? This guy had 54 dropbacks yesterday. Throwing the rock everywhere. Of course, we know that Jefferson is unbelievable, but... I'll tell you what, the, the the 7.06 a.m. take here for me, it's not about Jefferson being the greatest wide receiver ever. It's not about the Vikings going to the Super Bowl. It's that the offensive line in Minnesota is protecting Kirk Cousins. For one play, Vaughn Miller got in there, and it was like, yeah. all right, that's why they signed Vaughn. Other than that, Cousins was virtually untouched for most of the game, and we're talking about a lot of guys who were on that yeah. offensive line last year that was so porous. This Vikings team is built different from top to bottom. But that offensive line protected him. Cousins had time to work and operate. Mm -hmm. And gosh, if there's a big game at 1 p.m., I want Kirk. (laughs) 1 p.m., Kirk. Mr. 1 1 o'clock. Mr. 1 o'clock. I will take him. And who knows, maybe some later afternoon games and maybe even a primetime game, I'll pick him in a big spot. Vikings are for real. They're 8-1. Can't knock that comeback. 17 Mm. points on the road against the best team before the season started by everyone's measure.
5: The fifth time this year they've come back when they've trailed in the fourth quarter. They're finding ways to win games. And you said you're not going to make this all about Justin Jefferson. Well, I am. The guy (laughs) is an alien. Kirk Cousins drops back there a fourth down. He's just like, you know what? Justin Jefferson's down there somewhere, screw it, and throws the ball up, and he somehow comes up with a ridiculous catch, but he did it all afternoon. 10 catches, 193 yards, and a touchdown. He was unbelievable, and I know the Buffalo Bills, there's no Tredavious White, Kyrie Elam didn't play, I don't care. Put whoever you want out there attempting to cover Justin Jefferson, and they have no shot. The route-running ability, catching the ball, he does so much for this offense, and it's exciting and is fun to watch. You see the way everybody rallies around it and they talked about we talked about it all week going into this game. Stefan Diggs gets traded from uh, Minnesota. They draft Justin Jefferson. My goodness, the unbelievable effort and energy that he brings and the catches that he makes, it just takes his team to another level. That level of talent, when you look at it and you're like, can they continue to win this way? Down in the fourth quarter, finding ways to win. When you got guys like Justin Jefferson who shows up in the fourth quarter in overtime, it allows you to see number one, number one in the entire league right now. Is he that guy? How can you say he's not? Mm -hmm. 100% he is. Each and every week, he has performances like this mm-hmm. it's just like every time he does something you're like my goodness mm-hmm. how much better can this kid get peter
3: schrager on a group thread sent a picture of justin Jefferson sideways hand back and he said this was a catch yes. not only was it a catch it was the catch of this sunday and probably of the season so far i gotta focus on the bills here because we're showing that uh press uh post game press conference from josh allen there that's two weeks in a row where he's kind of been oh yeah, yeah. Godfather, I don't know what the... You can act like a man! Pick him up! Come on, man! I like my Super Bowl contenders to be that team. When a game like this is happening, I'm watching, I'm saying, they're going to win, no matter what. They're going to win. They're going to make it happen. Mm -hmm. Right now, the Bills are doing the opposite of that. They're eight eight points uh, for three close losses this year. They're losing all the close games. They're not making the plays. They're on the wrong side of these moments that you just can't believe. Kyle, you were out of your chair reading that highlight when you read the, you still can't believe it that they fumbled that ball right there. So I don't know what's going on with the Bills, but you know I go back to the last couple of years when you're watching, let's say the Chiefs are behind big early in games, and you're saying, ah, they're going to come back, and you just know they're going to win the game. I don't feel that way about the Bills right
2: now, and it's kind of worrisome right now. I can't believe they fumbled that snap. I just can't oh. believe it. I mean, it was, it, it was Herm Edwards in medal. It was incredible. Uh, they're in third place. The, the Dolphins look incredible. They can't lose. We'll talk about the Bills in a little bit. I love the Vikings act. I, I really like what they're about. And well, let me tell you what I mean. Last night after the game, I have this old buddy I've known for 25 years. is in my fantasy league. leagues named C. Stu. C. Stu, we call him. He's from Minneapolis, born and raised. And he texts me after the game. He says, That Vikings win is so terrible for everyone in your industry. You know, he talks to me. I go, What do you mean by that? He goes, Because uh, everyone picked the Bills to win the Super Bowl. That's the story. It's already written. It's good for you guys. And the Vikings won't go away. And they're annoying. And everyone likes when Kirk Cousins chokes. And everyone, like, eats because of that. And everyone shows rate because of that. And I'm like, I kind of know what you mean. Like, we were ready for Kirk Cousins to throw the terrible intercepts at the end. And then Josh Allen does the incredible thing and wins. And, like, that's good for shows. And that's good for the audience. And I just love the Vikings don't care. They don't care. They're not supposed to win that game. We're supposed to lose. And it's like, well, you lost to the Eagles. You lost the Bills you're fake, you're mm-hmm. pretenders, but they they didn't, and they won't go away, and we've done the jewelry thing a thousand times, and it's that fun, they're still doing it. They're, Peter, what'd you say, they're 8-1? 8-1. 8-1, and like, this, even if they had lost that game, they're talking on the broadcast, even if they lose this game, they've really showed they're for real, they didn't lose the game, and they made the plays, and in overtime, Jefferson made more plays, and it's just, the Allen thing is so fascinating, because, He's physically so unbelievably good. And to start overtime, he went on like three straight runs and was trucking linebackers. Did he
4: had a third down run where his shoulder pad is completely exposed. Oh, yeah. And, and he still lowers yeah.
2: and he's still He's running over Eric Kendricks and Seven
4: yards, he's dragging him.
2: But we got we got some problems up top. Mm-hmm. And we got some decision making and we got some execution and two straight weeks. He's like, I suck, put it on me. And it's like, that's great. You and we suck. admire that. Really no, good. no, no, but yeah. like we we need to have yeah. the game where like you, you finish it. Um it was a wild game, though. 33-30. to 30. Peter, are you ready to say Minnesota, like, could they win the Super Bowl this year?
4: They're in the conversation. Yeah, to see the they Eagles gotta tonight. be. Again, I mean, this is going to be the Eagles. Are they undefeated? And Minnesota's right on their heels. It's a two-horse race in the NFC at the moment. It is really exciting. Super Bowl
2: kicks off at, what, 3 o'clock Arizona time? That's, That's close good. enough to 1 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's like the 1 o'clock in Hawaii. Yeah, right. The sun um, will be out. The sun will be out. And the sun's always out for the man that we call the rap sheet. Now, let's get out. the latest from Around the League, our own NFL Network insider, Ian Good morning, Ian. Ian, um, huge record scratch. One of the best players, one of the best dudes in the league. Cooper Cup goes down in this ugly fashion on the sideline yesterday in the Rams' loss. What's going on with uh, their receiver?
6: Yeah, a tough game for the Rams and a tough circumstance for Cooper Cup, their star receiver. Went down with an ankle injury yesterday. He seemed to be in a ton of pain. My understanding is he's going to have some more tests today. Uh, an MRI and some other tests just to ascertain how much damage there actually is. It does seem, though, just talking to people involved in the situation, that he has avoided the worst-case scenario. So it does not seem that there's a fracture in there, despite the fact that may- maybe it kind of looked like there might be. No fracture seems to be where it stands now. Uh, but that does not mean it's best-case scenario either. So looking at the next couple weeks for Cooper Cup, you certainly might see him miss some times when talking about the Los Angeles Rams. They need him. They need everyone. It has been a tough, tough season. Seems they're going to be without Cooper Cup for the next little bit here. More info coming today, more info coming on Saquon Barkley as well. The Giants star running back another Giants win yesterday. But this is really more about off the field than on the field during the bye week. The Giants had long term extension talks with Saquon Barkley, another sign that they want him there for the long term. The two sides were not able to come to a deal. There really is some room for discussion there. Is he gonna be more of the twelve or thirteen million dollar running back? More of the sixteen like Christian McCaffrey. Plenty of time for that in the offseason, but the Giants did make a run at extending Barkley during the bye.
2: We've done a lot of shows together. I, I know you're usually battling between I and I, and you and you. Who's winning that battle today for you? And what's the Packers? <laughs>
4: I'm I am me. I'm him. What? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, this is the first time we've seen Rogers after a win in over a month. Uh, I'll toss it right back to you, my friend. What were your
2: impressions? What were my impressions of the game? Um, the Packers are alive, <laughs> and all right. So we, we joked about the love thing. Okay. Um, Jordan Love? No. no, well, oh, yeah. not yet, Peter. Oh, yeah. Although some people said yeah. that they lost this game, that was good. <laughs> so, uh, R- Rogers McCarthy, I love you, I love you. I'm not joking. Rogers' Instagram this morning is a picture of he and McCarthy with a giant red heart, which just seems, we get it. Um, I happen to really believe, based on paying attention for years, that these two guys would have rather died than lose to each other. And I think that's a big reason McCarthy was so charged up and he threw the headset. And um, the Packers did win. And there's this whole, like... Um, with the Christian Watson that's kind of like a happy-learned-how-to-putt thing. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, no, like don't let him be a star, or they might actually get off Mm -hmm. the mat. Now, listen, next week, are they going to lock down Christian Watson, or is he going to become Justin Jefferson? I don't know, but for one day, this was like the Packers' elimination game. Like, if they lose this game... He doesn't own the Cowboys. He loses to McCarthy. And then we really genuinely have a Jordan Love conversation. Like, do we do it for the better of the franchise? He didn't. He made incredible plays, and Christian Watson looked great. What do you thought? Ray? Yeah,
4: I, I mean, I, I'm going to go into Watson more specifically here because he had some drops, too, early in this game. I think that was important. If we can get the, the Christian Watson experience. Oh, yeah. Um, I'll ask the producers to click that button because I think you see the three touchdowns. Like, what a great game. No, what the story here was that Roger stuck with the dude because he had that bad drop there early. He had another bad drop early, and you're like, all right, that's that. Rodgers is done with him. Rodgers will move right along, and then you get the bomb here, and you're like, okay, that's three passes, and Rodgers went back to him after two bad drops. And I think this is so huge, because the story all season has been these young receivers, and if Rodgers is gonna have faith in going back to them and trust in going back to them, This was a cool little narrative within the narrative. Yeah, they come back from 14 points, and the Cowboys were 195-0 in the fourth quarter when trailing by 14, which is a wild stat. But Rodgers also went back to Christian Watson after three drops in this game. And I'm not sure that happens in weeks one through four. And I'm not sure we're going to see that all season.
5: Rogers having faith in one of these young guys is huge, and it's only going to help them down the stretch. Question for you Do you think that's built up trust over this early part of the season? Or do you think for Rogers, just like, well, who the hell is must going to throw the, the ball to? So I got to go back to yeah. him. Be the ladders, He's going to drop yeah. 50 in a row, but if nobody I got, else to, I mean, throw I have to. throw to someone, yeah. I <laughs> get it.
4: Uh, but at least at this point, yeah. he's got those catches. He's in
5: making the it. plays. It's like,
4: yeah. I've done it. Greg Olson, you know, he, he catches the big one. Olson's like, that could be the biggest play of his his career, I'm like, Greg, it's 100% the biggest play of his career. It's the only play of his career. Let's
5: go. (laughs) Without a doubt. No doubt about it. Over the shoulder, great catch. And he made plays and when you look at this Packers offense, Aaron Rodgers was able to get going. He had the three touchdown pass to him. He was protected all throughout the game. Only got hit twice, two sacks, which wasn't bad for what they've dealt with all season. And a lot of that came down to the run game and Aaron Jones being able to rip off run after run. Him and A.J. Dillon, over 200 yards combined. Both of these guys were over five yards to carry mm-hmm. in this game. And when you look at this Dallas Cowboys defense, it's Micah Parsons on one side, DeMarcus Lawrence on the other side. And they get after your <laughs> quarterback. You see right there Aaron Jones channeling his Marshawn Lynch beast sure mode, jumping into the end zone. He might be getting fine, but it was well worth it with everything they had going on this past month. But they were able to keep their pass rushes at bay because they ran the ball time after time. We even seen Aaron Rodgers on the third and one where they threw the ball. He's going off the field and he's going at LaFleur because they didn't choose to run the ball this is aaron Rodgers, back-to-back mvp hall of famer mad that they didn't hand the ball off yeah. and run it and it just goes to show how effective their run game was yesterday and how help propelled them to that victory we've got that segment rewind that coming up in a yeah. little bit
3: i proposed that aaron jones jump into the end zone for that they said no no we're not going to rewind we're actually, actually for fast forward <laughs> yeah. fast forward uh, we'll right. see about the letter right. from the league uh, guys today monday november 14th uh, 2022 Rudy Ford Appreciation Day I love
7: yeah, it, too, I love it. Rudy.
3: Rudy. Do, we, uh, do we have a pin for that? Because we probably <laughs> we should You know pins. what? We uh, should we have a ribbon There'll be one next week <laughs> Exactly uh, Well you, you you talk about The Rudy chant That's what was going on In the locker room From his defensive Back That's teammates true. Oh yeah Who's the wild man now Kyle Brand. It's Rudy <laughs> Ford Former six round pick Kind of bounced around The league for a while Look the reason I bring them up is this is an extremely banged-up team. And if they're going to stay alive in this playoff race and put themselves in the position, they're going to need contributions from guy like guys like Rudy Ford, who really signed there as a special teams guy. He and Rich Passaccia, they thought, were really going to click and he'd be able to play a role there, which he has. But now Eric Stokes, the cornerback, is down likely for the rest of the season. So Darnell Savage moves up in the defense, and Rudy Ford gets a shot to play and makes two incredible plays right there. The Green Bay Packers are going to need some contributions here because, like I said, they have just been ravaged by injuries over the last couple of weeks. Good on Rudy Ford, and happy Rudy Ford Appreciation Day, buddy. it was
4: Smash Amos who tweeted, it was like, how about Rudy and, and these guys playing different positions? Yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's a major deal because this defense, remember we always say it, all first-round
2: picks, and yet who makes the big play? Uh,
5: Rudy. Rudy. Packers,
2: uh, Packers Thursday night. Packers
4: Titans.
5: Thursday night against Packers the Titans. Titans. Short yes. week. Let's should, go. Should be a fun one, but we're going to go to break and coming back after that, the Bucks found a running game and the running game looked angry, should I say, Kyle? Oh, my gosh. Oh, what a beauty. We'll check out the
0: Bucks and the Seahawks when we come up right after this. You go into your shower feeling tired.
4: Suddenly, the Buccaneers are 5-5 five and five on right. top of their division. Here's Tom Brady, not speaking on the wind, but speaking about the incredible atmosphere in Munich yesterday. I think he means every word of it.
3: Yeah, that was one of the great uh, football experiences I've ever had. So says a lot for 23 years in the league and for a regular season game. And I think the fan turnout was incredible. It felt like uh, very electric from the time we took the field. So uh, at the end of the game with them singing Sweet Caroline and uh country row that was that was pretty epic so i think everyone who's a part of that experience uh got to got to have something pretty uh pretty amazing memory for their life so thank you for hosting us we appreciate it thank you
2: I mean, what a gentleman. That's super classy, and I thought it was interesting. Pete Carroll was also raving about the Germany experience after a loss. Uh, Peter, what stood out to you most? The Bucs win 5-5, five and five, the first game ever in Munich. Actually,
5: let's start with Jason. What do you think? Okay. For me, you mentioned it as you read the highlight. Devin White. He was a guy that everybody was talking about a few weeks ago with the uh, Ravens game and effort and all of that other stuff. And he played his butt off, and Todd Bowles even talked about it. We'll get to it after this, of what he was going through. But this guy gets on a plane to Munich, finds out right before he's getting on the plane that he loses his father Carlos Thomas and then he goes out there sacks on Geno Smith stripping the ball making play after play playing with a ton of energy while also playing with a heavy heart said after the game, there were so many emotions surrounding this game that went into it. But he was able to go out there and pull through for his teammates. And he said that's what kind of kept him going. A distraction of everything that was going on and being with his guys, leading him on defense. And you, heard, we heard from his coach after the game, Todd Bowles, who talked about everything Devin White was going through and dealing with the death of his father. For him to even get on the plane, you know, it happened right before we were leaving and he still got on the plane to play the ball game. So you know, lose your dad right before you're getting ready to go to Germany and to come out and still play says a lot about the guy. Without a doubt, and when you go through something like that, being able to be in a locker room where guys are around you, you're comfortable, They want the best for you. There's a lot of love there. I'm sure for him, getting on that plane, getting away from it, being around your guys, playing in that football game allowed him some grace and some freedom to go out there and do something that he's loved. And he talked about his father. He said one of the things that he'll always learn from him is he always wanted him to push forward in life. He said he has a text from him that says that push forward in life. One of the joys of life is understanding it and understanding what you're being called to be. And that's special to see him go out there and play that way while he was dealing with everything. Thing he was it's, dealing with.
4: It's a beautiful yeah, story. His father, 45 years old, passes mm-hmm. away, and Devin White goes out there and, and has this performance. Um, I, Brady's seen it all, right? Like, the rings, the Super Bowls, the, the even his career at Michigan. I think Brady was really, really blown away by that, by that crowd mm-hmm. and by that experience. And I think this trip as a whole, and I've been speaking with Tampa folks, they just landed. I think this trip as a whole might be the catalyst that they needed. It was uh, just like... Go away for a little while. Put it in perspective. Yeah. Uh, like, gosh, we play football for a living. And everyone, you know, bashing our quarterback, bashing his career, bashing his, his personal life, bashing his commitment, all this thing. Like, they rallied around each other. They go to Tampa. They go to they go from Tampa Bay to Germany. They're there for 48 hours, essentially. And then they go and they beat a really good Seahawks team. Now they get back on the plane and they're in first place. Brady looked great again. Yeah. We found a running back in Rashad White, maybe. Like, I... I think this game might have been the perfect turning point for this Tampa Bay team and, like, what they might have needed. And it was a little bit of a break from it all, from the heat down in Florida, from the heat in the national media. Like, we're going over to Germany where they love us. They love our sport. They love our game. They love our quarterback. I'm told that, you know, after Todd Bowles' press conference and after Brady's press conference, a lot of the Bucks came back out <coughs> 20, 30 minutes after the game and the entire stadium was still packed. 76,000 singing Sweet Caroline, singing Country Roads, singing everything. They hung there for another hour after the game. And like, I don't know, if you're Brady and you're desensitized to all of it, that's cool. But if you're Brady and you're like, wait a second, let me take a timeout from this season from hell and look around and be like, oh, this is what I do for a living? This is amazing. I, I gotta say, I think that this might have been the perfect catalyst for whatever the Bucks have. And if it wasn't, it was actually a, a, a small respite from what's been a hell of a season mm-hmm. that's been just negative, 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 that, hey, wait, there's some positivity here too.
3: I, I don't think he's desensitized. In matter of fact, I think that's why he's still playing, is he still appreciates these yeah. moments. And when you stop playing, they don't exist anymore. You just have the memories of them. So I'm sure he absolutely was in tune with it, Peter. Uh, this running game for the Buccaneers is the biggest thing for me, and I'm just looking back on their uh, offensive uh, running game performance this season. 152 in the opener, and then after that, 72, 34, three, three, three 3, 3 rushing yards. Uh, 69, 75, 46, 44, 51. And then finally yesterday it breaks through 161. You can want to run the football. You can scheme it up. You can drill it all week. Here it is. You've got to do it, right? You've got to make the blocks. And, and Byron Leftwich was being criticized for it, and he was saying, look, there are some passes that to me are kind of like runs, and I'm paraphrasing. He said something to the point of the number of runs really doesn't matter. It's like, are you going to be effective in what you're doing? Well, they finally were. I don't know. And it changed everything. Yep. It changed how Brady threw, how confident he was, how much space now these wide receivers had. Over the years, how many times have we seen that play-action fake from Brady turn around, plant. And you know it's going to be a completion likely to Rob Gronkowski. But in this case, it might be Cade Otten. All of a sudden, he's coming on now, too. This running game could really change everything. You talked about this being the spark for this team, Peter. It's the spark for the running game off of this game. And who knows? Maybe all of a sudden, now you start to make some noise if you're in Tampa.
2: We've been tracking it. They they were on pace to have the worst running team of all time in in, in NFL history, the worst ever. But they're fine now. Now, you chill. What what I mean by that is, like, if you have good players and you have veteran coaches— you don't hand out the Lombardi in October or November. Just chill. Keep playing, play through it, just like you did in your Super Bowl year. And I think if you're a team like the Bills, you watch the Bucks and you're like, all right, see what they're doing, see how they're bottoming out and they can still fight. This team, this Bucks team, they lost 21 to 3 a couple weeks ago to PJ Walker and the Panthers. Like, I don't know how that happened, and then that just happened, but they'll fix it. And I, I will, everyone wanted to bury the Bucks, say it's over, it's over. Brady's gonna retire in embarrassment. And I asked at the time. Point to the team in the South who's (laughs) going to keep them out of the playoffs. I'm still waiting. Andy Dalton, Marcus Mariota, P.J. Walker, Sam – anybody want to beat Brady? I don't. I just don't think so. I think they have their chance, and I think they're 5-5 five and five now, and they found a new running game, and, like, they kind of believe, and they're refreshed. Uh, Brady was saying to Peter King that it felt like he was in Fenway. You know, like, he's like, oh, this is so cool, and I think you wow. come back from that. Like, we're back. We beat a good team. People love us. I love football. Let's go on a little run. It's yeah. pretty cool. Season
4: ends today. Guess what? They have a home playoff game. Yeah! <laughs> Division champs! <laughs> I think
2: everything's all right. Uh,
4: after a week of criticism – This show and on several, what did Jeff Saturday have to do with the Colts victory on uh, Sunday? Saturday, Sunday, we got all the days. It's Monday. It's good morning football. Time to talk Colts. We hear you, fans.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. I said, I said OG, oh, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? You think I knew it? Ain't
7: <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Jeff, Saturday comes away 1-0 as interim head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, and you can imagine it was a festive atmosphere in the locker room
7: can't tell you how proud I am of each and every one of you. Coaches, players, staff, everybody stepped up. All three phases, man. Things we talked about, offense, ran it for over 200. Threw it for over 200. Defense, shut 28 down, 77 yards rushing. Had to make a play on 17 at the end, what we do?
6: Make a play at the end. Make a play at the end.
7: Hey, make a play to you, man. Who goes hardest the longest, man? That's
6: how this game is decided. The most
2: physical football team
6: won today. It's been a tough week, but uh, we believe and we know in who you are, Jeff. And congratulations. I know you will treasure this, my brother. Appreciate you. Man. All
2: right, great win for the Colts And what was really the story of the week. Just a quick roundup. Uh, Rex Ryan yesterday said the hiring of Jeff Saturday was disrespectful. Um... We had uh, Bill Cower call it a disgrace. Joe Thomas was on our show last week saying some very charged things, and I actually did myself. And then they go out and get a win. Peter, what would you make of it?
4: I think uh, this was the Colts team we were hoping to see before the season, and if yep. it took all of this to get to that, then I guess it was the right path. Um, Matt Ryan should be the starting quarterback <laughs> of the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Jonathan Taylor should be a relevant player in the NFL. And guess what? When you pay Quentin Nelson $20 million, maybe the offensive line can block once in a while. It was nice seeing this version of the Colts. On the roster, top to bottom, they have superstars. You're talking about looking at DeForest Buckner making plays, Stephon Gilmore making plays. These are highly played players who have not been performing at their top ability. You think it's because of the coach? I don't know what it was. It could be a coach. It could be the fact that their coach empowered them to say, hey, let's just be loose and free and go and do it. It could have been that the, all the attention was on the coaching hire this week that, gosh, maybe we can just go play some football and not have to worry about a fired offensive coordinator mm. or another fired head coach. Joe Thomas came on here and said it was the most egregious thing he's ever seen in the NFL. I can't agree with that, okay? But Bill Cowher was near tears talking about the disgrace it was. I can't agree with that. I do think this was a very unorthodox decision, and the fact that they won the game at least gives them a week to say, hey, don't forget that there's some players who have to play football, too. Shout-out to Saturday. He got the best out of his guys. And shout-out to those players who played to the ability that we hoped when we all picked the Colts to win the AFC South before
5: the season started. <laughs> yeah, I was one of those people that picked him as well. And I don't know. You, you, still, you still feel uneasy, and it doesn't really make sense how the hire happened. But I think, to your point, they showed up on Sunday. They got the victory. And I think sometimes what we underestimate is the locker room. It's a special place. There's nothing else like it in who knows? These players maybe have bought in. Uh, Jonathan Taylor after the game said every time Jeff Saturday talks, you can feel the passion and the energy in his voice. I was talking to Stephon Gilmore after the game. He was like, Saturday seems to be a good coach. Like We're all excited and happy to have him. So we all sit around this table, me included, and we bash the hiring. like It makes absolutely no sense. And yeah, everybody went. Bill Cower, Joe Thomas, and Rex Ryan, everybody went all in and saying the things they said. But if the guys in the building and the guys in the locker room, if they believe I guess that's really all that matters, even though it still doesn't make a ton of sense to me personally. But who knows? I've been at this
3: job for over two decades covering the NFL. Sometimes somebody shows up and they break a story immediately and you're like, where did that person come from? Or maybe somebody like Jason McCourty steps in and they're a natural on air and you're like, come on, man. I've been working hard at this. So Josh McDaniels, I know what you're feeling today. Mm -hmm. It's not great. Uh And guess what? That whole performance yesterday and this season is not great. So yeah, it's a great story on the one side for Jeff Saturday and the Colts, but Josh McDaniels and the Raiders, I, I there's some talk, is he on the hot seat? It would surprise me if he was bounced after one year. It would really mm-hmm. surprise me. But if it
2: happened, we're going to go back to yesterday mm-hmm. and point to that. Not great, Josh McDaniels. No, it's a rough look. I, I, I was very critical of the Saturday hiring, too, and you, you get... Internet booger eaters being like, do you want to apologize now? You want to change your mind? Yeah, actually, because they beat the worst team in the NFL. I want to totally change my take and it was the greatest hire ever. You guys win. No, um, it was a great win for the Colts. Jeff Saturday is a really good guy, a really good football player, a really good media member. I don't know. They play the Eagles next week. Are they going to lose by 40? We'll find out. It was a really good win for the Colts. You often get a bump from an interim coach. I'm not rooting against Jeff Saturday. I just didn't really respect the hire. I'm not alone either.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired.
1: Visit LiveNation.com slash concertweek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars. Oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually